A quick footnote, I'm going to avoid preaching on the Trinity this morning. I don't know which kind of heresy I'm going to hand out. So in avoiding that, I wanted to deal with the texts because to me, the texts are part of our holy ground. We didn't have the Moses story, but Moses at the burning bush talked with God. He accepted the fact that the bush was not burning out. It was not gone because of the fire in it, but rather somehow miraculously it was speaking to him. Paul then writes and talks about how we are in fact debtors. We are given the spirit of God, not the spirit of the flesh, but the spirit of Christ. And I want to focus a minute for, I think a lot of us, and I I don't know about you, but I personally, when we talk about flesh in the church, for some reason it got caught up in sexuality and I don't understand why. Because when we're talking about flesh, we're talking about our human being, our limitness, that in fact we are not all powerful, that we are not in fact in charge of anyone else but ourselves, and sometimes we'd fail at that. In fact, the flesh is our limitation And when Paul's addressing the limitations, I find it interesting that in flesh, we're enslaved. We're captured by the area of our mind and our inability to control others and anything else so that we avoid, in fact, our own selfhood and we, in fact, try to inflict our belief or our feelings on others, which is of the flesh. So flesh is not necessarily sexy, but flesh is our reality. And it's a statement of our limitedness. How do this year and some months have realized how out of control we are in this pandemic? caught by the fears and enslaved, as it were, to not being able to communicate or touch or reach out to people who we've known and loved for a long time. I had the good fortune of seeing my son, my daughter-in-law and granddaughter this past week. I hadn't seen them for over a year. I was awed by the fact that we had a chance to get together and share our lives. And the interesting part to me was I realized in preparation for going to Florida that I was riddled with fear, enslaved, as it were, to the fear that somehow something could happen to me and that, in fact, I would become fearful about masks and about people not wearing masks and all of the iterations of my limitedness. It was interesting to me that I know of people that have flown and they were saying that planes weren't really full. Well, in my case, the plane was overbooked. 
So we sat not six feet apart, but right next to one another. Fortunately, I flew on a plane where in fact, wearing masks was a requirement. Later on, I learned that people were refusing to wear masks and interestingly, Southwest Airlines, Sue Talmadge's niece is the steward on the airlines and they had to remind a person that they had to wear their mask four times. The person did everything to demean their response. However, when she was deplaning, the police were there to arrest her for violating the federal law. So sad that we act out of our fear and it becomes anger. Fear shifts to anger. And when I look around at all of us and myself included, how many times I have been feeling fearful and it shifted to anger. One of the things that I've been working on is walking in the morning two and a half miles when I can. And the interesting part to me is I would be walking and I'd be wearing my mask and I'm perspiring and sweaty and everything else and the mask were paper and I had to change the mask midway. And then I'd walk past people who are either running or walking without masks. And my fear about catching the pandemic disease caught me and I became angry and wanted to criticize them for what they were doing. And I realized that I was caught in this paradigm of fear and anger, which is in fact part of my limitedness. It takes a lot of courage to press on beyond our limitedness. And to us today on holy ground is the very gift of God's presence. That we're in fact adopted as Christ's heirs. I think it's important for us to consider a simple question. If I am an inheritor of God's presence, how should I act? Now there is a real challenge. Because God's presence in our world and in our life can help us to deal with those limitations. And yet, I was always pressed by my own sense of limitation, which created the fear. The fear would be relieved by God's presence always. And I've known people here at St. John's and elsewhere that never seemed to be fearful because they were always embodied in the presence of Christ. They, were, they have been gifts to me throughout my ministry here. And I find that one person in particular, Desmond Tutu, when I had the opportunity to listen to him, and dialogue in a little sense with him, how this person who faced horrible, horrible cultural limitations was able to 
be so present with God that he not only was able to confront others in peace and in caring, but also in sharing the mystery of Christ's presence, always. I remember the first time I was close to him and he turned to me and his eyes were like looking into my soul and I was frightened. As he talked, I became connected to the joy and the presence that he brought to bear with everyone he met. This created a little more guilt on my part because I should have been more present with Christ as he was. I was accepted for wherever and whoever I was. And then immediately I had a flashback to my first experience where I felt Christ's presence with me. And it was at the same point in time when I felt my limitations were tearing me down, dragging me back. It was slavery. It was paranoia. It was fear. And in one moment I had this absolute sense of calm totally confounding me because at that point before I was shaking and now I felt comfortable. And I know now what Elijah was facing when he was said, here I am. I am your prophet. Because in that presence, in that quietness, in that confidence, I felt God's presence very real. The problem I had was I didn't know how to develop that skill all the time. And I did know a priest in Western New York who seemed to exude the same sense of presence of Desmond Tutu. And he had this uncanny knack of seeing the sense of presence in Christ in all the people he met. And that meant that he saw it in those who were totally contrary to his ministry and his profession of faith. Yet his compassion and love and care for them was abundant. And I remember sitting at Father Sam's table for dinner and he had the pita bread, which he made himself. Big rounds. And as we sat down, he took a piece of bread and broke it handed it one this way and one that way, and everyone around the table tore off their piece and ate it. He said, now that we're family, in Christ, we can dine in love. These are the gifts of the sanctity of Christ's presence. It's a struggle for all of us, I know, because it is a struggle for me. I felt when I started to lose some of my sight that somehow I was being abandoned. And yet, in the sight loss, I suddenly realized the value of being able to see what I can see as opposed to worrying about losing that sight. All of these are issues that all of us face in some way or the other. And it's so important to me and and I hope it is to you 
that if in fact you are the inheritors of God's presence, that you know how to act to let God's presence in you shine a light to empower you to accept what we must accept and face what we must face and love God and his son Jesus Christ to be our savior in our sense of joy. This Trinity Sunday, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be amongst us empower us and may we be courageous enough to deal with the fantasies of so many in our culture. I do want to go off script a little bit because I am still stunned, shocked, and appalled by the nature of gun violence. And I apologize to those of you who may disagree. But the shooting in San Jose was just yet one more tragedy of loss of life by one person so caught and so limited by their own flesh that they could not see the goodness and love of others. May we this day on Trinity Sunday be empowered to love to care and to resist our temptation of fear and slavery. Amen.